Welcome to I Can't Make Bread, So I Made a Podcast. I'm your host, Helen King, founder of HK Productions, a Kiwi-run podcasting business. Stick around and you'll learn tips and tricks to amplify your voice through podcasting. Hello and welcome back to I Can't Make Bread, So I Made a Podcast. If you haven't already, hit subscribe or come say hi on Instagram. I'm at hkproductions underscore podcast and I share a lot more insights into podcasting and content creation. A microphone is at the top of my list of essential tools for a podcaster. If you have any budget when you're starting out, I will always recommend that a microphone is the first thing you invest in. When you're a woman or someone with a softer or more high-pitched voice or a Kiwi accent, which always tends to be a little softer... It can be quite daunting to try and figure out what microphone that you should choose. And a lot of online resources or stores are quite male-dominated and geared towards male voices or deeper voices. My guest today is the creator of an amazing online resource for women who want to choose the right microphone for their voice. Heather Welsh is a fellow Kiwi podcaster. She has always had a love for audio and audio production tools, and she launched her first podcast in 2017. This is where she quickly developed an absolute passion for audio gear. She really struggled to find content and resources that were aimed towards women or people with a a softer voice. She created the website, The Women on Mic Project, to help other women hear how microphones might sound on their voice. Heather shares her experience of off-grid life on Sunshine and Powercats and other parts of her life on her podcast, Just Heather, and I will link all of that in the show notes. In our conversation, we talk about what motivated Heather to create Women on Mic and share insights into creating great audio. I do live off the power grid and today has actually been a little bit of a struggle. It's winter here in New Zealand at this time of the year and there's no sunshine. So I'm not really making that much power, but I've managed to scrape some together for us to have a call. And I've been doing this since 2011 and it's because I built a house with my husband and we couldn't get power connected to the site. So we went off grid, solar panels and a battery bank and I've been doing that ever since and it's been hard. But I got into podcasting in 2017 to kind of share that journey and Then I got really passionate about the tech and the gear and the stuff like that. So I've been part of the audio gear community since then as well. And here we are. I was thinking that actually, um, when you mentioned that before, that, I mean, podcasting, obviously, you you are reliant on technology. That that is a hurdle that a lot of us don't actually have to consider when we're podcasting. So tell us a little bit about what those challenges are and how you've overcome them. I haven't done as good a job as I would have liked. Like I probably should have invested in a portable recorder. That would have been a backup. But then I still need power to have the computer running to be able to connect with you and the internet to do calls like this. So it's just been a little bit hard. I have done a couple of live streams as well, and the power has cut out while I was live streaming, which is a little bit awkward. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, luckily, like 
I mean, you can go fancy with tech and gear and stuff. And my setup is fairly simple, so it doesn't use up too much of my power. I just have to make sure I have some <laughs> to be able to turn it on. <laughs> I reckon, though, that is one of the coolest things about podcasting. As I Before I could record, I was saying to Heather that today I am just set up in the, the kitchen slash dining room. I've got my microphone, my laptop. Mine's not technology <laughs> because of technology. Mine's because of a naughty dog who can't be left by <laughs> himself. But I think this is such a, an amazing thing about podcasting is that you literally can just sit with a microphone and, you know, broadcast well beyond New Zealand. This is quite a nice segue into you know, you, you talk about you love to geek out about audio gear, but you have been putting together a really cool project about audio or specifically women and audio. So how did you come to be making this project? Well, when I was looking for my mic in 2017, I like to do a lot of research. I wanted to get something that was going to last me, but then I also wasn't sure if I was going to stick with podcasting. So I wanted to look into a microphone that would be good quality because I really cared about the audio quality that I was going to put out and the resources that I found online were very minimal and there are still minimal or not very many references of women's voices on microphones that are available mm. and I found a really great resource it's called Podcastage and it's on YouTube and he does incredible audio reviews and so I've been part of that community for since 2017 basically because that's how I got to choose which microphone I thought was going to be the best for me. But I still see people going, oh, well, I can't find a reference of a woman. Oh, it's a shame that there aren't more references of women's voices on these microphones to help us make a decision. Like there's a lot of uh, amazing women creating content online, singers, musicians, podcasters, voice actors, but you don't hear their raw samples to decide whether that microphone is going to work for your voice or your application. And so I put together... Like literally very quickly, I was like, all right, I'm going to reach out to my connections that I have and say, hey, if you have a microphone, would you be able to record a very quick sample on it without any post-processing or pre-processing on it? So no audio, like hardware stuff, changing the sound before it goes into the recording so that people can get a reference of what your voice sounds like, but also describe their signal chain, which is the setup, how the microphone is connected to the computer and how they're recording it and what their recording environment is like, because everyone's going to have a different setup. And the thing with that is that if you just hear these samples, like everyone's going to have so many different variables that are affecting the audio. And so it was kind of like, you need to explain what that is to give context, I guess, to mm -hmm. the recording. So that's what Women on Mic is. It is an audio repository or a library of raw spoken word audio samples provided by women on the microphones that they have access to. It's so cool. It really is because I I think when you're getting into podcasting, I know for myself, I'd had a little bit of experience around audio because I, when I started in journalism, it was in radio. And so audio was a very familiar thing to me, you know, I still, you know, I, I had that background, but moving into podcasting, there was still, I mean, there still is so much to learn. And one of the things that has often frustrated me is that even when you go onto YouTube or you're trying to find um, resources and you're thinking, well, how do I solve this problem? 
it's often geared towards deeper or or male voices, and that's really mm-hmm. frustrating. I have even found trying to get good audio and realizing that I sometimes I don't even know if the equipment is made for women's voices and having to really play around with, you know, where do I have uh, my microphone and being really, because I get terrible with plosives, so I get a lot of the (laughs) the popping sounds and just learning, yeah, how do you deal with those? What is the the best environment for my voice and, and those sorts of things? So I would love to know what are some of the things that you have learned as you've been collating women's voices? I just find it interesting hearing what microphone a person uses, what they use it for and how they've got it set up. So with certain microphones, they can be USB, which means they just plug straight into the computer plug and play option, which is amazing. And then other people have a little bit more complicated setups where they plug in an XLR cable into an interface or an inline preamp or other hardware before it gets to the computer. And what I've enjoyed learning is that despite whatever setup they have, they've learned tips and tricks and things around their microphone. So whether it's mic placement, whether they have it at the corner of their mouth, because that might help them stop having the plosives. I have a friend who eats marshmallows because that helps with the mouth clicks. And that isn't in the sample yet on the Women on Mic Audio repository, but it's something that I've learned along the way. Or maybe you have a pop filter and what kind of pop filter you know, might work uh, for you. Or some people are louder spoken and so they've realized that they have to have the mic further back from their face because otherwise they will clip it, yeah. <laughs> which is never a good thing. That when, That's when it gets too hot or too high and the sort of audio gets distorted. So they put the microphone back a little bit and they are one of those amazing people who can project their voice, which I am not that person. So yeah, it's just everyone's story is different. I did have someone mention to me that they thought that microphones could have like a microphone bias because they had designed by men and I'm not, don't really want to go into that route, but I just thought it was a very interesting concept to consider. But what I will say is that microphones have different characteristics and qualities. They will capture audio slightly differently and they will be useful for different use cases. Mm -hmm. So whether it's singing or podcasting or something and there are different types types of microphones like condensers or dynamics. And then you have to look at those characteristics and see whether, well, my room isn't really audio, like treated for audio. It's not got mm. soundproof panels or anything like that. I've got a big window. And so it can be a little bit echoey or reverby. Okay. And then you have to think about, well, if I got a condenser, that would probably capture all of that room noise <laughs> for me, which is not what I want in my recording. Or I could pick a dynamic, which would be a bit more directional and help yeah. me capture more of my voice. It's so fascinating. My head is still going marshmallows. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. <laughs> but also I love that, um, you know, those explanations of dynamic and condenser and, and those sorts of things was that it can be, like I'll, I'll admit, like I still don't fully understand those things, but I I sort of have cobbled together what works <laughs> for me. And I, I do think sometimes that, it can be hard to ask those questions in male-dominated spaces. I joked to someone recently that if I ever need a, if I ever need an answer really quick, I go on a editor's page, you know, Facebook page yeah. where it's men and women, because yeah. there's, there's always a man somewhere in the world that will, you know, have an answer for me. It's I think it can 
be had sort of entering those male-dominated spaces and being okay with just sort of asking all those questions that you want to ask and feel confident in doing so. Yeah, and I think the other tricky thing with that is that trying before you buy is not really an option for everyone or anyone. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't, I wasn't able to try the microphone before I bought it, and that would be the best way to test out whether yes. it's going to be suitable. But we have to rely on the advice and experience of other people, and so hopefully through this project we will get some samples that will have that range of other voices that we yes. don't hear so much. Yeah. So do you do you have any advice for people who might be thinking about podcasting, they're thinking about what mics might be good? What are some of the considerations? We've talked about, you know, the environment that you're going to be um, recording in, but mm-hmm. what else would you recommend um, someone might look at or consider? My biggest one is what your budget is. Like that might seem silly, but it's true because then with your budget consideration in mind, you don't have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get started. Mm. And so if you're realistic about what money you can put onto this, because, I mean, you can go down a whole track and become someone who has gear acquisition syndrome or gas (laughs) and and want to get all of the things, the new shiny things when they come out. But if you set a budget and look at microphones within that budget and then literally try and find samples of that microphone wherever you can to hear what kind of qualities it has. Does it pick up sibilance like this more or do you like the tone it has? And then look at reviews where they've got what quality it is. Is it, does it have really big, big, <laughs> is it is it noisy? So cheaper mics tend to be quite noisy when you plug them in and they will also capture just a line noise through the microphone, which yeah. is then baked into your recording, which is not ideal. And slightly more expensive mics shouldn't have that problem as much. And then my other advice would be, think about your plan is going forward. Do you want to start simple in the sense of having a plug and play microphone that's USB connected for now to see how you go? And then having the option of going XLR, which is, you know, adding more gear later on. And that's what I did. So I picked the Samsung Q2U, which is a microphone that I recommend because it offers both of those features. I could plug it in when it arrived. It came with a little desk stand, which I stopped using because it was actually quite hard to bend down and like talk into the desk uh, when it was there. But, you know, then it offered me the option of adding the XLR cable to it without changing the microphone. And Yeah, that's so interesting. (laughs) I use the Samsung as well, and I really like it. I, I really like the sound. That it, that it produces, it works really well for me. And you're right, it is such a nice sort of plug in and go with that extra option that if you start, you know, collating the <laughs> gear, that it's, you know, you, you can build on it. I, yeah, I think that's such a good recommendation. Yeah, because if you start off with an SM7B, which is like $400 in the US, which makes it a lot more money here in New Zealand, yeah, like yeah. getting up to close to seven $800, that's a lot of money straight away and Mm. it only is XLR so you have to find an interface and add more money on top of that and then you might not even like the sound of the SM7B on your voice so then you're stuck with having spent all of that money but there are other options like the Q2U or the ATR Audio Technica 2100 which is a similar microphone but I found when listening to samples that there is a very very slight difference between the sound of a Q2U and the ATR 2100 so that's why I picked the Q2U but Or there is the XM8500, which people might not know about, and that is XLR only, but it's cheap, (laughs) but it sounds good, and it's good quality. (laughs) 
So you, you know. It's just it's such good stuff to know, though. It's I think that the more information we can empower people with, then they can yeah. feel confident in starting a podcast if that's what they're looking at. I just, I think what you're doing is so cool. <laughs> I always like to ask people who have been podcasting for a little while about what are some of the lessons that you have learned since starting your podcast that you'd be happy to share, or I guess those those pearls of wisdom after, you know, the tricky first year of all those um, <laughs> trials and failures and those sorts of things. So what are three lessons that, that you have learned in your um, past few years of podcasting? Pod- first off, podcasting is amazing. Like it offers so many connections, not only with the audience who listen to your show, but other podcasters and people in the taking care community. And just, it's huge. It can blow it. I don't know if numbers are important to you or whatever, but just the connections that you can make along the way as you learn things or as you get to interview people or whatever you do with your podcast. It's a really cool opportunity to record your voice and share that with the world. Number two, though, is podcasting is hard. And it is something that takes time and it takes energy and it takes some resources. And if you like in the beginning, I was super excited about it. So happy to be doing this thing. It was really interesting and cool <laughs> and fun. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm tired and I've got to put out an episode this week and yeah. it is hard. And so the second thing is to be aware that podcasting isn't that simple. Like it's not technically just hitting record and publishing it. You know, you've got to do whatever prep you need to do before you even start recording, whether that be working out what you're going to say or whatever. And because it is hard, really connect with your why you started. What are you trying to do? What message are you sharing? And why is that really important to you? Because that should help push you through the tough bits. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the third thing is to, I would say the connections are important, like, and they're awesome that you can make, but find a little group a little group of people that who you feel supported with because you mentioned the editing group and I think that's amazing. There are so many different groups and communities out there available and that can be incredibly overwhelming. And I tried at the beginning to be involved in all of them and I wore myself out. Like it was, I got burnt out on just trying to keep up with notifications and, you know, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And seriously, focus on what you're making because that's what you're the main priority of what you're doing. Focus on that. Focus on your why, why it's important to you and find a little a little group of people that will support you along. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I really liked, I, I asked Heather before she came on the show, some of, you know, tips and tricks about podcasting. And this one is close to my heart, that quality isn't just about content, it's about the audio itself and editing. And I think for myself, since about October of last year, I started editing for other people. Mm-hmm. And I think when you either edit your own podcast or you're editing others, you start to appreciate how much time goes into making audio sound good or taking out ums ums (laughs) and mouth clicks and I say and you know so much when I talk and it's funny because I think when you are just talking with someone you don't notice those things but when you listen back it doesn't yeah I it doesn't make as much sense to have lots of of those filler words so there is yeah there's so much to making podcasts sound 
yeah, really good and good quality that I think sometimes it's sort of under underrated as a, yeah, an important value. I take my hat off to you because um, editing is hard and yeah. I am very dedicated to it in that fussy. So mm. if I was to edit other people's shows, it would take me way too long. <laughs> I don't ever <laughs> like admitting how long it takes me to edit my own show. My first podcast, the episodes were short because I'm short on time anyway. Yes. But even a 10-minute episode took me way too long to edit. And what you learn, though, through editing, it's a really important skill, I, I think, anyway. And not everyone's going to do it because there are amazing people who edit for you. But you you do have that negative reinforcement. So you mm. realize that you say things that you don't <laughs> like and you have to cut them out. And you're like, oh, just if I would stop saying those things, I wouldn't uh, have to spend all this time editing. And I'm like you, I say, and I also say, and, and I drag it out for a bit. And so I know where they are. You get to recognize the waveforms. And I love, I love that, but it's also hard and time consuming. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. And I think when you you start consistently editing other people, so I have my very first client, my dear first client, Sarah, I can, yeah, I can recognize her arms at by sight now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. It takes me a while as well to edit because I, yeah, I like things to sound a a particular way. But I was thinking last night as I was finishing up some editing that I don't, yeah, sometimes I don't know if people appreciate actually how much goes into, um, you know, working with audio. But I guess in some ways that's my geeking. I love audio and I love the different, I've got, you know, I've got a favourite setting on one of my things. I think, oh, this is the best setting ever. And I keep thinking, you know, if I was to say that to someone outside of podcasting, they'd be like, what? That's the reason why I suggest having the little niche of people who will support you because not everyone will get it. Like in your personal life, in person, your husband, your whatever, children, I don't know friends they might not understand because they're not into podcasting the same and so it's really good to find ah, another group of people (laughs) who get it and understand it but if we if you and I or anyone who podcasts can make a podcast people can't tell we edited it I think we've won I think we've created something amazing and it's magical and we can have a recording here and I don't know what might get cut out or (laughs) whatever but I'm sure that at the end the end project is something that you're proud of and Mm. There's always something to learn, though. Don't ever think that you're not going to get there or be sort of overwhelmed by the challenges of it. Just learn and as you go and try and change one little thing mm. if you find it along the way, and you'll eventually get there. Yeah, oh, it's such good um, feedback and advice. And I really liked what you said before about not worrying too much about downloads and things because it's so easy to it's so easy to get fixated on numbers and stats and things because I think as so many other areas of life that's you know that's how things are measured but I think that the reality is is that most of us aren't going to end up you know with millions of downloads and things like some of the the major podcasts and things but I think that actually what a lot of us are doing is that we're creating a space for community and we're creating a space for connection and that is far you know more valuable I think than you know millions and millions of downloads. Yeah so tying on to my keeping track of your why the flip side of that would be defining what your measures of success are because if they are downloads then you're going to have to work hard to make that happen 
But if it is other things, like if it's getting a certain guest on your podcast, or if it is sharing your journey in so many episodes per season and you manage to do that, awesome. Or if it's learning new skills and applying them at work, I don't know, <laughs> whatever else it could be. There are so many different measures of success that lie outside of the number of downloads or the frequency of publication. Because if you publish every week, that's awesome. If you publish once a month, that could still be awesome. You know, yeah. it just depends on what you're sharing and how you're sharing it and how, what you get out of it. Exactly. So, oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, Heather, if people want to either listen to your podcast, um, where can we find it? And if people want to access women on mic, where can mm-hmm. they access that? Well, all my things are at justheathers.com and if you put a slash podcasts after that, you'll find all the podcasts that I've done and you can listen to them there. Or the Women on Mic project is womenonmic.org and the samples are available on YouTube at the moment. It's a YouTube channel called Women on Mic, which you'd have to search because it doesn't have a custom name yet. Uh, but that the samples will also be going on the website as well. Excellent. I'll put that all in the show notes so people can find it. It's such a fantastic resource, especially for women or people that might have softer voices that are getting into podcasting. I just think anything that sort of demystifies some of the technical side and removes that barrier is such a fantastic thing. So thank you. Thank you for coming on and and sharing what you've been doing. Thank you. And if anyone wants to provide a sample to help the resource grow, that would be amazing. (laughs) Awesome. So I'll put all those details there. And if people want to do that, they can get in touch. Thanks so much for joining me. If you have loved this episode and want to learn more, please come and follow me on Instagram for more content or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can find all of that information in the show notes.